0: But first, as you just heard on WBEZ, the White Sox welcome new management after giving former general manager Rick Hahn and former vice president Ken Will Williams the boot. Now, the team's assistant general manager, Chris Getz is getting a promotion. This leadership change comes on the heels of a recent shooting at guaranteed rate field that's still being investigated and as the team continues to perform poorly this season. So here to break down the latest on the White Sox and changes for the Northwestern football team is WBEZ sports contributor, Cheryl Ray Stout. Welcome back, Cheryl. Hi, Sasha. So before we get into everything, I mean, how are you doing? Because I feel like (laughs) I keep hearing about the White Sox and I know fans, real fans, they're, they're feeling this. They're feeling the whiplash. It's
1: been quite something. Uh, I go, I go back to 1986 when that was a horrible full year and they've been able to combine this in just a couple of weeks yeah,
0: they're giving you more news than you've can you you've bargained for, that's for sure. Uh, is there usually this much news happening around the team, though, in, in general?
1: Usually there's not.
0: Uh, when you're
1: a bad team, though, you do expect things can happen. And usually, Sasha, it happens at the end of the season. To have it happen just weeks before the season, that's unusual.
0: Yeah. OK, so last week, Executive Vice President Ken Williams and General Manager Rick Hahn, they were both fired. How long were they with the team? Well, you know, Ken
1: Williams, he was a, a draft pick for the White Sox in 1986. That's how, I mean, excuse me, 19, 1982. That's how long he's been connected to the team. Mm-hmm. He actually became part of the front office as a scout in 1992, and then later on in, in 20, 2000, became the general manager of the team. So he's been with the team a very, very long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the other person is Rick Hahn, who has been the GM for the last 12 years, and prior to that, he had been with the team for a number of years in the front office as an assistant general manager. So both these guys have been with the team a long, long time, and so they've had the ear of Jerry Reinsdorf that whole time.
0: Yeah. So what do you think it was then that ultimately led to them getting cut?
1: Well, the decisions that the team have been making the last few years um, has and this year came up with a really bad team. This team is just not playing well. And the fact is this is what we've heard from Jerry Reinsdorf yesterday. He thought about it uh, a month ago about making this change because he was hearing from other he's talked to other teams and from the outside looking in. They can see that this team had a lot of problems and you gotta point to the leadership and the leadership is Ken Williams and Rick Hahn. So who will be taking their places? Well, that would be Chris Getz, And Chris Getz has been, um, he's been assistant general manager. He's been running the minor league operations. Uh, Chris has been with the team for the last uh, almost seven years. Mm-hmm. He wasn't originally a draft pick of the White Sox, uh, played with them for a couple years. And then he moved on to Kansas City, was a player there and worked in their front office. Mm-hmm. So he's been around for a few years here working with a minor league system.
0: But he, So he's taking over both roles?
1: Yes, he will be the single decision maker for the team, and but but we do hear that, and he mentioned yesterday in the press conference he could bring in an advisor, somebody that has a little more of a of a background to help him. So that would be his call if he wants to bring somebody to help him.
0: Yeah, is that the norm for one person to take over both jobs? Um, it's unusual. Yeah, <laughs> it it's sounds unusual, like a lot, especially if you've not
1: had that experience. You know, not having experience and be put in this role, that's a big job to do, especially because you're handling everything in the organization.
0: Absolutely. Huge shoes to fill. I mean, and and aside from being the assistant general manager, as you mentioned, I mean, why do you think Getz was the guy they chose for the job? What, What makes him, according to the White Sox, the right person?
1: Well, that was Jerry Reinsdorf's call, and he talked about the familiarity that he had with the team. He does not wait a, a long time, Jerry Reinsdorf, a long time for this team to change and could be better. Um, he's at eighty-seven years old. He knows it doesn't have a long time to get this done, and he figures Chris can do it. That's a big question mark because Chris was with the minor league organization, which has not produced as much as you should think he would. So. We'll we'll see how that that fares out because it's going to be a tough job. This team is a disaster at this point. How are folks
0: feeling about this change? <laughs> if you if you want to go on social media, mm. <laughs> it's hot. Um, so I should not... read the comments.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they wanted to see an outsider come in. They wanted to see somebody really? from the outside come in and and really change the whole organization's mindset. And so. The fans are – Sasha, angry is not – that's not a big enough word to explain how mad they are.
0: Wow. I mean, and, and you've – Cheryl, you've put it very plainly that the, the team's in, in horrible shape right now. Is a change in leadership what you think the Sox need for some improvements to, to happen, you know, ASAP?
1: Well, it's the only thing you could do for the moment. Um, Long term, it may be con- interesting to see if Jerry Ryan serves ownership – which is being questioned a lot by the fans should continue at this point, because he is actually one that's running the team and handing the reins to Chris Getz at this time is kind of interesting to see if this is the right answer. Uh, he doesn't right now. Chris Getz does not have a lot to work with because the roster is flawed they don't have pitchers right now on this team that, you know, could really do the job. So it's a it's a huge task. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens just in 2024 and beyond.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's switch gears, Cheryl, and talk about this potential move by the White Sox. Here's a little bit from the team's owner, Jerry Reinsdorf.
1: You're looking at the Bears at the White Sox lease. You know, has six or seven years left to go, and the White Sox have some options, and they might move out of the city, they might move out of town, they might go to Nashville. That wasn't us. That was a guy at Cranes. Now, ever since the article came out, I've been reading about that. I've been threatening to move the team to Nashville. I mean, that that, that article didn't come from me, but it's obvious if we have six years left, I think that's what it is. We got to decide, you know, what's what's the future going to be, and. You know, we'll, 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 we'll get to it but I've never I've never threatened to move out we we haven't even begun to have uh, discussions with the sports authority which we will have to do soon
0: okay so where do we stand here Cheryl move or no move it sounds like he's not going to move
1: outside of Chicago, but it doesn't mean that he won't consider another place to move, because they they do have to make a decision with the with the in six, within six years. And yeah. if you're going to move anywhere within the you know the Chicago area, you got to start making those plans now. But he, him answering directly about not moving to Nashville was important because that means he's not moving out of Chicago at, at any time. At this, as far as his ownership goes.
0: So uh, another team that might move to the suburbs—it sounds like it could happen.
1: You know, I live in—you know, like as you know, I live close to
0: Arlington Park Racetrack. Might as well have another two teams there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on here. Uh, just last Friday, August twenty-fifth, two women were shot in the outfield seats at Guaranteed Rate Field. Now, have we finally figured out what happened there? Because there there were claims that one of the women who was shot that, that she brought her own gun into the stadium, but then those claims were later denied. So help us out here.
1: Okay. Um, according to reports, the two women that were, they went through the metal detectors and did not set them off at all. So if they were concealing it, there's no way that they could have gotten through those metal detectors. Uh, from what Jerry Reinsdorf told us yesterday, he said that they are still exploring if it happened from the outside. If the shots Mm. came from the outside, so that puts it in another twist, uh, because you have others there saying that was on the inside. We don't have any conclusive evidence as to what happened that night. Um, I was in the ballpark that night. I, you know, we couldn't see anything. Yeah, we we couldn't see anything (laughs) from the press box what was going on, but there was a video that was released later on about you know about people being injured, but there was no sound or anything that we knew of at that time.
0: Yeah, I I saw a video that was released soon after as well over the weekend and uh, just watching I think I remember initially I had to watch it like two or three times because I was saying, well, where's the moment where people were shot? Because I just I didn't see any moment of commotion or just like a massive crowd getting up and running or so I was confused as to whether it actually happened Right. And, and
1: that's that's where it's all that's why it's so confused, because uh, no one heard anything uh, that sounded like gunshots. Nobody saw anything like commotions. Um, so there's a lot of question marks as to what really did happen. And, you know, and, and also the concern is, why was the game not stopped? That's a question people had. Right. You know, why was it stopped. Um, and the decision was that there was there wasn't an active shooter. So they, you know, didn't stop the game, but players, and I've talked to a a player rep from another team and they said they were concerned that, that they didn't stop the game because you have, you know, you have people, you have players in in the field, there's people in the stands and Mm -hmm. you know, there should have been something done. But there's flip side to that is if you would have called the game, it would have been a mass exodus and you could have had a lot of injuries. So there's two ways to look at the same story.
0: That is very true. All right, let's let's keep the doom and gloom going here and go back to talking about how the team's doing. Uh, You know, right now, the the Sox, they're at 53 wins, 81 losses. Uh, They're the second to last in the American League Central Division, just ahead of the Kansas City Royals. What's happening, Cheryl? Well, you had a lot of injuries with this team. That was a factor, no
1: no doubt about it. However, usually players can play through injuries. So there's been some question mark as to the players not playing through these injuries. Uh, as I mentioned, they, they they have a roster that is not really built well. You have a lot of one-sided players. You have players that can play first base. you got a lot of players that can play first base, but you, you don't have some players that are two-way players, defensive players and offensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and when, when you talk about the pitching rotation, you had two young pitchers, Dylan Cease, who was a runner-up for Cy Young last year, and Michael Kopech, who was supposed to be one of your stalwarts, are not producing well. They, they they have a lot of walks that they give up. They give up a lot of runs early, and that's a concern. And then you look at the rest of the rotation, because they traded away five pitchers at the trading deadline. Um, you have a lot of players that they picked up. You know They were free agents. that were cast off from other teams. This team is very flawed, as far as that goes. Uh, so... Yeah. I don't know how they're going to fix it. They're going to have to go through free agency. And one thing that Chris Getz did say yesterday that nobody is untouchable, which is very interesting Mm -hmm. when you do have a couple of players, in my view, are untouchable.
0: I mean, I think we're hoping we're all hoping they'll they'll make a comeback at some point very soon. But I, I think it's fair to also say morale is low right now in the clubhouse.
1: It's 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 low. It's a quiet clubhouse when you go in there. Uh, you know, one of the last games that I was at, they had a they had a, a nice win at the end, and you could hear that there was some celebration there, which you haven't heard much of. Um, they, 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 they're, you know, they're looking around, who's the leader? You got to have some leadership in the, mm-hmm. in a clubhouse, especially at this point. Yes, the manager has to be the leader for sure overall, but you have to have some players to do it. And one of the other things, Pedro Garfalt will be back next season. We know that for a fact from yesterday.
0: While I have you, let's briefly talk about some of the players here, specifically uh, Louis Robert Jr. and Tim Anderson. Uh, Louis is is having a pretty hot season, right?
1: Oh, yes. Louis Robert is their real superstar. He's a superstar in the making. He can play defense. You have to watch him play defense to really focus in on how good he is. He's got 35 home runs, which is the 14th wow. player in White Sox history to reach that mark. And he still has several weeks to go. Um, he was our lone all-star. He He's a player that you could build around. And that's somebody that cannot be in, uh, an untouchable.
0: Mm. Super cool. Uh, we talked last time, and, and we it was during the Tim Anderson drama, Cheryl, mm-hmm. I'm curious if anything's changed since then, because I believe he had a, a six game suspension, but it was reduced earlier this month. Right.
1: And it took a long time for that to, to happen. Um, I understood from what I, I spoke with a few people is that the uh, the union was trying to get that reduced even more. They got one game, but they want it reduced even more.
0: Mm,
1: okay. Tim Anderson's had uh, one of those seasons that he wish he could forget. It's been a horrible season. He's had a lot of personal things going on. And at the plate he suffered, he's had uh, leg injuries that has really bothered him. It's going to be an offseason where he has to discover himself. He has to discover, you know, can I do this again? Because we can't forget that he was a batting champion. He is somebody that can perform. And so you got to hope that this season is just a wash, that he could recreate himself again next year.
0: So before I let you go, uh, what is the latest with Northwestern after those harassment allegations surfaced this summer in, in several sports programs there? Yeah,
1: it's it's interesting. Uh, their, their football team is actually going to kick off the season on Sunday with their interim head coach, Dave Braun, who, uh, and they ta- all they've been talking about is being together, how close they are, you know, how, how close the team is. We have no idea as far as what the direction of the football team's gonna go when they go to Rutgers on Sunday and the overall athletics program, which really has to, you know, start looking at the mirror and figuring out what went wrong, how can they change it? What 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 do they have to do? And and one of the things is, you know, everyone you hear from the alumni, you hear from people inside the, the, the school, there's a lot of concerns about this program, that the programs there and what happens next.
0: We'll leave it there for now. That's WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout. Thank you so much. Lots of updates there this week. Thank you.